Welcome to Revealing the Diamond. I'm your host, Tiago Prem. It's the beginning of February, so we're celebrating the life of Bob Marley. And today on the show, we're going to explore six teachings that support and promote freedom, faith, and unity. I don't know about you, but I feel like the world could use that right now. And what a great person to carry the message, Mr. Bob Marley, right here on Revealing the Diamond. Before we get into the show, I want to thank our sponsor, Minds Dye. Thank you to the Minds Dye for everything you do. She makes custom dyed fabrics, so anything you like, kimonos, t-shirts, sweatsuits, bed sheets, curtains, she can do anything. Check out Minds Dye on Instagram or go to the Etsy store, Mind, M-I-N-D, dye like to dye fabric. Get yourself a unique piece today. So before we start talking about Bob Marley and these six teachings, I want to say thank you to everybody who sent me comments on the previous shows, people who have followed me on Medium and Insight. That's really where I'm focusing my attention these days. Uh, so thank you. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm writing on a platform called Medium. Just look for Tiago Prem on there. And the episodes lately have been related to an article or a journal or blog piece, and you can get the text version of those on Medium. So just follow me on Medium or get the app Medium. Um, if you want, you could also get them from tiagoprem.com. So go to my website, click on the journal, and uh, you can read along or read the pieces that inspire this. Um, I've been really inspired and felt called to write lately, and so I, I would love it if you would uh, support me on there if you feel called. Also, I've been doing meditations on the Insight Timer, so you can get the Insight app and uh, practice along. I did some uh, transcreation of the 95th Psalm in the Old Testament. Uh, it's a really beautiful meditation. There's also one on anxiety um, and how to create space in your mind. And then um, there's going to be one coming out this week. By the time you listen to this, uh, there's a loving-kindness one and a forgiveness uh, basically meditation. I was going to say episode. Uh, there will be a, a forgiveness episode coming out following this Bob Marley one. So just a little foreshadowing of what's to come. So please do check me out on Insight. Please do check me out on Medium. If you love this show, please rate me and review the show. Uh, you can go on Apple Podcasts and do that. You can do it on Spotify as well now. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, if you want to see the video version, you can do that on Spotify now. The video version is there, as well as the video version is on YouTube, Revealing the Diamond with Tiago Prem on YouTube. So just the rundown, Medium, Insight, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, which includes a video version, and YouTube. And then, of course, as always, you can follow me on Instagram at Tiago Prem. If you would like to work with me, everything you need to know is at tiagoprem.com. You can get the newsletter there. You can apply for mentorship there. You can join up for courses and all of that stuff at tiagoprem.com.
Okay, so I'm super excited today. I, I was at the beach the last couple of days just listening to Bob Marley and, and reflecting on how he's had this major impact in my life. I wrote an article for Medium about it, and I thought this is a great, great show to share uh, all, with all of you how Bob Marley has, you know, kind of tell the story about Bob Marley. My daughter's named after him. And just kind of dig a little deeper than the reefer and the party, you know, like the reefer and the party, maybe that was the gateway for me into the music of Bob Marley and uh, reggae music and Rastafari, the spiritual tradition and all of that. Um, but it's so much deeper. It's gotten so much deeper for me than just like a beach party. Um, and, and, you know, the beach party's great. Let's have a beach party. Who doesn't want to have a beach party? Um, but there is a deeper spiritual element to that. And so I wanted to uh, share with you how he's had an, a profound impact in my life. And then I'll also um, share some playlist action for you so that you can dig into the songs and, and have a feel for what we're talking about today sonically. So the article on Medium or on TiagoPrem.com in the journal section is called Six Teachings from Bob Marley to Promote Faith, Freedom, and Unity. And we'll open up the show here by just sharing some of my history um, with Bob Marley and how I got into reggae and all of that, and then we'll get into the six teachings. So Bob Marley has been one of the greatest teachers in my life. No question. I call him the prophet. I call him the teacher. Um, he's been a huge influence on me. And uh, I, I want to just kind of go back in time and, and to the roots of my relationship to Bob Marley. So won't you journey with me back to the, the, sixth, the sixth grade? So I hear Bob Marley for the first time in the sixth grade. And growing up in my house, we listened to all kinds of different music. My mom liked gospel music a lot. There was Motown. There was soul. There was country music. There was uh, 60s. 50s oldies, 60s psychedelic folk and pop, and my dad really liked the Beatles and that kind of a thing. I was more of a Rolling Stones guy back in the day, but maybe that was just to be, you know, rebellious to my dad. I, I like both groups, but for some reason back in those days, I really liked the Stones. But I mean, you can like both, right? Uh, so anyways, there was a lot of music in my house, but but the first style of music that I got into on my own that was not because my parents liked it or, you know, we listened to the Beach Boys. We had a Beach Boys live tape that got a lot of play. Remember the cocktail soundtrack? Anybody out there that remember the cocktail soundtrack? Uh, maybe that's a movie worth re-watching while I'm out here on the beach, the cocktail. Um, if anyone has any beach movies that are inspiring, hit me up and let me know. Um, I really liked Elvis movies when I was a kid. Uh, could revisit some of those. Um, but if there's any beach movies that you love, oh, the original Point Break. Wow, that's a good one. Um, I didn't. I tried watching the remake, but I just couldn't do it. So anyhow, the first, the first. Uh, I'm just. Uh, you get me talking about movies and music, and I could just go forever. But uh, the first style of music that I got into on my own, without the influence of my parents, was hip hop music. We had this babysitter who would bring all kinds of tapes over to the house and uh, just kind of, she knew I was into music, so she would bring stuff around. And, and if I liked it, I could tape it. Anybody from the era when you would record tapes, like, you know, you would sit by the radio and wait for your favorite song to come on. And when it did, you'd hit the record and dub it onto your tape so that you could listen to it at, on your Walkman at school. Maybe you didn't have enough money to buy the cassette or get the record. 
Uh, this is before CDs. Anybody, uh, you know, my daughter is hilarious. When she was growing up, she's always been around the internet. And we had a couple DVDs, a couple cartoons, that kind of thing. And we had a CD player in, in the truck, but I very rarely played CDs. I just plugged my phone in. And I remember one time trying to explain to her the difference between a CD and a DVD. She was like, this makes no sense. <laughs> you know, I mean, like one's for a movie and one's for music and they look exactly the same. So anyways, um, my babysitter would bring me tapes so that I could check them out. And, you know, she brought like a lot of rock stuff at the start. In Excess, um, Def Leppard, uh, Guns N' Roses. Who I liked Guns N' Roses. That that landed for me. Um, but what really, what I really, really liked is when she brought the rap tracks compilation to the house. And the rap tracks compilation had a variety of artists on it that I was hearing for the first time. Artists like Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock, Eric B and Rakim. Uh, Rakim, I think, is one of the greatest MCs of all time. Uh, Beastie Boys, who I had the opportunity to see live later on when I was in the eighth grade. That was a game changer. Um, De La Soul. And my personal favorite back then was The Cold Chillin', Biz Marquee. Big fan. Uh, rest in peace. He recently passed away. But those tapes were the birth of a lifelong obsession with hip-hop music. Now, what does that all have to do with Bob Marley, you may be asking? Well, it was the late 80s, early 90s, so that means the beginning of what was later known as the golden era of hip-hop, and it's the golden era because it gave us some incredible greats. I mean, I, I remember getting my hands on the uh, Stretch Armstrong and Bobito show that, you know, I was a, I'm a nerd, right? So I wanted to, same thing with spirituality, I want to read all the texts and see all the angles and read, you know, I want to really feel it and know it. Um, maybe that's part of my like pitta in the Ayurvedic uh, science. You know, it's like I want to consume everything. I have a fire for knowledge. So I was like that even when I was young. And that golden era, like, you know, it, Tribe Called Quest, uh, any Tribe Called, Fe Tribe Called Quest fans out there, uh, let me know your favorite Tribe Called Quest songs on social media. Hit me up. Uh, Public Enemy, huge Public Enemy fan. Nas, arguably my favorite MC of all time. Um, I remember the first time I heard Illmatic. Oh my gosh, that tape changed my life. I played it so much that it like wore the music right off the tape, just flipping it back and forth, back and forth, back. Like I would listen all the way through, let it flip, play back, all the way through, let it flip, play back, all the way through, let it flip, play back. You know you have created a masterpiece when you can listen to the album like that. And, and maybe... Maybe kids these days don't have the same experience with music. I'm not sure, but that for me was when I knew a record was good. Uh, Biggie, Tupac, obviously, more in the limelight later on, and the Wu-Tang Clan, a uh, huge fan of the RZA. He's also a very spiritual person. Uh, would love to, I'd love to have a coffee sometime or maybe a tea, tea sit with the RZA. That would be epic. But that's, you know, that's what we're talking about here with the golden era of hip-hop. And then, you know, with all of this great hip-hop music coming out, lots of it, there was crossover with dancehall music from Jamaica. And so that's where I started hearing it. My parents weren't listening to Bob Marley. Some of you may have had parents who were, you know, blazing some reefer back in the 60s, 70s. Maybe they got to see Bob Marley in the late 70s. 
Uh, my parents, no, I didn't. We didn't have Bob Marley at the house, and so I, I hadn't even heard Bob Marley, but I had heard the dancehall music of Jamaica, and it makes sense that this music was coming through um, hip hop music because hip hop music comes from the music of Jamaica. You know, there was we think about hip hop and we think about New York and the Five Boroughs and maybe Grandmaster Flash and movies like Wild Style and Beat Street and Breakdancing and the Five Elements of Hip Hop and and then we think about oh you know, the mixing of um, two turntables and and you know DJ Cool Herc the originator who had these dance parties where he would take break beats from the uh, songs as a DJ. And in my life, this has played a major role in my life as a DJ when I was younger. But he would take uh, the break beat from a song and then mix it on the same record so that you would get a longer break beat, which would keep the people dancing. And then eventually, you know, there would be somebody who would grab the mic. Maybe it was him, maybe it was somebody else. when you would grab the mic and and what we do what we call emceeing or rapping now back then they called that DJing it's kind of funny but because uh, you know in hip hop it's the DJ and the MC well in Jamaica where where DJ Cool Herc was experiencing this before he moved to the U S he was a Jamaican immigrant um, you would think that the person having the mic was DJing or toasting um, just kind of hyping up the crowd you know like and then the the more creative you were, the more uh, people would want to come to your dance or to your hear your sound system in Jamaica. And we can get into sound system culture uh, maybe in another episode if that moves you. Let me know on social media or send me an email at tiagoprem at tiagoprem.com and let me know if you want to hear more shows like this on, on music. I would be more than happy to share some of my knowledge and how that ties in to the wisdom experience of spiritual practice. But uh, anyways, he would mix and blend the, the breaks of funk and soul records to make the songs longer and more instrumental and people would you know dance and then there would be somebody... Uh, rapping essentially over the music and and that is all you know without jamaica there'd be no hip-hop so thank you jamaica for that and so the way i experienced this you know i wasn't you know dancing in i wasn't break dancing in new york in the 1980s i was born in the early 80s in moose jaw saskatchewan y'all in a very small place um so I wasn't there for that, but I was experiencing the lineage of this because I was so into hip-hop music. I would buy every rap tape I could get my hands on when I got my allowance, or I would go to the local library. And in those days where I lived, you could go to the local library and check vinyl records out of the library. So I would get, you know, the Fat Boys. I like the Fat Boys back then, or like... Um, I would get Young MC, you know, more commercial uh, rap at the time, but I would sign it out. Later, there was like, you know, Ice Cube, NWA, Yo-Yo, that kind of thing was uh, what I would also listen to. Whatever I could get my hands on, if it was rap music and hip-hop music, I was all over it, including recording off the radio. I was hungry. I had a thirst for hip-hop music. And I didn't get my first CD until I was 12 years old. So I remember my dad said he would take me down to the downtown record store. We got our CD player. I could get my first CD. And the first CD I bought was Here Come the Lords by Lords of the Underground, the record with Chief Rocka on it. And I I love that album. And it still holds up by today's standards. So I'm listening to this diet of mostly hip-hop. 
and uh, and that's where you would hear dance hall. And the dance hall artist would be on a hip hop song. And I started hearing artists like Supercat or Ninja Man or Shabba Ranks, you know, that kind of thing. And oh, oh Bujubantan, the great Bujubantan, who's still making incredible music to this day. If you haven't heard his recent work, please check out the late, latest work by Bujubantan. He's a legend. And shout out to uh, one of my dear friends who, who's taken some great photographs of Bujubantan, uh, Mark Hartman. Thanks, brother, for always supporting the work that I do. He takes incredible photographs, and he had the honor of uh, photographing Buju Bantan. So big shout out uh, to my brother from uh, from New York City. Um, but but I started to get drawn into these artists, into the to the bassy rhythms, and you know I wasn't so into dance music. Like there was you know technotronic and all of that happening, and it was on my radar. But what I liked about the dance hall kind of styles was that there was um, the dance music, but a little more gangster, you know. And I fell in love with that right away. And there was even stuff that my parents kind of could resonate with like the ub40 can't help falling in love uh, that kind of stuff too was starting to come across my radar and then i would start looking in the reggae section when i would buy cassettes and i came across inner circle you know the theme song from the cop show bad boys bad boys what you gonna do so there was that and uh, i heard the song sweat and i started at that time being able to pick some of the songs at the school dance um, and I would play, you know, Snow from Canada, and I would play Sweat by Inner Circle, and everybody loved dancing to that song. And uh, from there, I started to explore more sounds of Jamaica, and of course, I come across Robert Nesta Marley, or Bob Marley. And as I mentioned at the start of the show, at first I was drawn to the songs that would make people dance, like Could You Be Loved, and Bend Down Low, and you know, the classics, Three Little Birds and all of that kind of stuff. And then, um, you know, fast forward a year or so, a year or two, and the Fugees come out with their cover of No Woman, No Cry, which is a great cover. I'll add that to the playlist. You can follow me on Spotify and uh, you'll be able to hear the tunes, a lot of the tunes on there. Maybe I'll even, I'll even sort of put some of the chronological hip hop that introduced me to the dance hall that introduced me to Bob Marley. And then we'll put the Bob Marley songs on there. So if you're not following me on Spotify, follow there. I'll put a link to my account in, in the show here and you can follow me, uh, and listen to all of this stuff after you listen to the show. Um, but yeah, the Fugees, they covered No Woman, No Cry. It's a great cover, and uh, it started to, it brought Bob Marley even more to the limelight with the kids I was playing uh, playing with and hanging around with. You know, I, I had friends who were like, you know, like the, the girl with the um, acoustic guitar playing at the coffee shop with the long hair parted in the middle, all of a sudden was listening to hip-hop music because of the Fugees doing the No Woman, No Cry. So there's a lot of crossover. And then there was like the punk rock kids who they kind of could get down with Bob Marley because the message of the music. And, and also there's a lineage with punk rock and hip-hop too, right? When, when punk starts happening, uh, you got people like Don Letts DJing reggae music, you know, between the clash sets because there's no recordings of punk rock yet so there's a lot of you know great history around the connections of hip-hop and punk rock music and reggae and this is kind of where my love is if you want to learn more about the history of reggae music read the book rodigan by david rodigan one of the great djs and selectors of reggae music that book i read it in costa rica 
uh, before I got sick, and it's it's a game changer. So do check it out. Rodigan's a, a legend, no doubt. And then, you know, as I'm kind of getting into the the groove, and you know, you get the legend Bob Marley legend album. Everybody kind of has that as a gateway. It seems like because it's got all the hits, the accessible hits on there. And then I kind of get into uh, around 13, I get into smoking ganja uh, and marijuana. And then I gravitate more to songs like Natural Mystic and Easy Skanking. You know, excuse me while I light my spliff. Oh, God, I got to take a lift. Stuff like that. And uh, that becomes the soundtrack. And I remember when I was 13 years old asking my uh, dad to take me on a, on a, we went on a family trip to San Diego and I had asked my dad to, I found out there was a local Rastafarian shop. And so I got my dad to take me there, dragged, dragged him there. And, and I was buying, you know, buying uh, records and posters with Bob Marley on it. And I was bombarding the elder Rastafarians with, with questions about their faith, etc. And uh, as the years pass from there, I'm going deeper, like a relationship. You know, when we met, it was all about the party and the fun and the reefer and the, you know, fun times at the beach and surfy kind of vibes. And um, but then as as I connected with this music uh, on a deeper level and I started to um, recognize that I really love Bob and what he stood for like a relationship, like I got, uh, it was more than just a one night stand, you know what I mean? So as my relationship with Bob uh, deepened, my connection to the lyrics and the teachings, there essentially are teachings in the songs, not just lyrics. And I started to really feel the political and spiritual messages in the music and felt a profound uh, connection with Bob as a teacher in my life. And, and he, he, remains one of the great influences for me. He's been there through a lot of shifts and changes, and I can always go back to his music. Um, so I'm thankful. And that's why, you know, we had toyed with even before our daughter was born, what was the name going to be? And we had some ideas. And, and then when she was born, there was just no question, Marley. So there's a lot of deep connections to Bob. So happy birthday, Bob. And I'm, I'm glad to be able to do this show. I hope y'all are enjoying the show and let's take, let's take a little break here and then we'll get back into it. All right. Bless you. One love. So I just wanted to invite everybody to participate in a new course that I have. It's called the Quick Fix Six. It's a yoga practice that has three different practices with six movements in each. This is the foundation or the framework of the daily practice that I do. You can do the practice in video format, audio format, and then there's also a digital manual that you can use to practice along with. The idea being, you know, maybe you watch it for a bit, maybe then you listen to it for a bit, maybe you read some of the tips, and then you build on it in a way that serves you. So it gives you a foundation for a practice that's really going to help. If you've been practicing yoga for a long time and you think, oh, I don't need an introduction, think about it like this. It's another opportunity or another framework for you to offer it to your students or to share it with somebody who maybe doesn't have a, a, an advanced practice or can't 
you know, isn't going to do the handstand part. It really offers a framework so that the practice becomes accessible for everyone. And when you sign up for courses that I offer, it helps to support me to do work like this, revealing the diamond and share it with you all. So if you feel called, please do go to tiagoprem.com uh, and go to the courses section and get yourself a copy of the Quick Fix 6 today. If you would like more support, you want to go deeper in your explorations, maybe apply for mentorship with me, that's another great option. You can do all of that at tiagoprem.com. Bless. Welcome back to the show. Just before we get into these six teachings, I wanted to just sort of share how as an adult, you know, I've had this opportunity to travel to different places like India and Thailand and Central America and Mexico and everywhere I've went, there has been a Bob Marley influence, whether, you know, you see one love stickers or Bob Marley t-shirts or people with long dreadlocks or reggae cover bands that play Bob Marley's music or, and his music and his message is universal. It's everywhere. It's, it's in Nicaragua. It's, I've seen it all over the place. And that one love message, this message for universal peace that Bob carried is all over the globe. You know, despite him being, ha have passed away quite some time ago, he continues to influence people today. And just like he had this influence on me where, you know, it started with the party and then it moved to the, uh, a little deeper understanding. And then I was like studying Rastafari, asking questions about Rast to Rastafarians, um, collecting music from Jamaica, DJing. Like it's, it's been, it's been such a beautiful part of my life. And, and Bob Marley opened my eyes to my favorite, more contemporary artist, Von Benjamin of Midnight and Akebeka. If you haven't checked out uh, Von Benjamin, we'll do something special for Von on one of the episodes too. But that'll give you some time to check out his like 70 plus uh, full length albums that he did in his life. He's amazing. So if it wasn't for Bob, you know, I wouldn't be here today and I wouldn't have the same kind of spiritual depth and wisdom that I do today. So thank you, Bob. And I just want to honor you on your birthday with this show. Um, and, and as I mentioned earlier, if you want to hear more shows that are connected to, you know, music and nerding out on, on music as a spiritual practice, let me know. I'll, I'll put in the Spotify version, there's an option to do a little poll. So I'll put a little poll on there. And if it's something you'd like to hear more of, let me know. Um, I'm happy to keep doing it. But if, but if you're like, well, you know, I don't know. I don't know where you're at. I, sometimes I can get a little nerdy when it comes to the music. So, you know, I would love to know from you as the listener, uh, if this is serving you and if it is, let's do more of it. And if it's not, We'll just do it sporadically from time to time. So here are the six teachings from the music of Bob Marley that inspire my life today. And, and the intention behind doing a show like this is to bring more freedom, um, to bring a deeper faith, a deeper connection to spirit, to God, to Jah, and um, also to unity, to unify people, because that was really important to Bob and it shows in his music. So the first teaching is from the song Trenchtown Rock, and the line is, one good thing about music, when it hits, you feel no pain. And people have done different renditions of that. Uh, there's a great rancid uh, sort of take on, on this message that I really like. But 
you know, music has been such a great source of inspiration for me. And Bob has been such a key player in that. And Trenchtown Rock, Rock <laughs> brings this reminder that there's no painkiller quite like music. You know, I, I've had some times in my life when things have been really hard and there's music that I can lean into that works as a salve to just calm me down, calm my nervous system, inspire my heart, connect me to God, all, all of that. And uh, then there's also music that if I'm like feeling low and I just need to lift my spirits and brighten up, like there's music for that. And and it's so true. One good thing about music is when it hits, you feel no pain. I think that's such a clever, clever way with words. And I'm so grateful that I have music uh, of many different genres and energies and frequencies that evoke different emotional responses and devotional responses. So thank you, Bob, for that. And uh, please listen to the song Trenchtown Rock. And uh, I hope it I hope it serves you as a great medicine. And I would offer you to to think about music not so much in as like what genre do you like or what artist do you like, but also what songs do you need when you're sad and what songs do you need when you're feeling apathetic or stuck and what and sort of view music like that like what sound medicine will serve you uh when you need a certain dose a certain uh what's the prescription for you know what whatever condition you're dealing with the next one is from the song wake up and live that song title by itself is a great message, right? Wake up and live, y'all. Wake up. Like, life is short. Do it now. Let's go. Life is one big road with lots of signs, so when you're riding through the ruts, don't, don't let it complicate your mind, okay? Don't you let it complicate your mind. Flee from hate, mischief, and jealousy. Don't bury your thoughts, but put your vision to reality. This song is a motivational fire starter, y'all. If you're feeling kind of like, oh, I got to get to work, pop, pop this baby on in the morning. It's almost as good as coffee. <laughs> Some of y'all maybe don't like coffee the way that I like coffee, or, or I like tea too. But this will give you that extra pep in your step and that boost. Um, a reminder to live life to the fullest and also knowing that you're going to face challenges. Yeah, you're going to face challenges. Look for the signs and wonders that are going to keep you connected to your vision. Because you're going to be tempted to compare yourself to others, to blame others for your, where you're at, uh, to make trouble in the world because you're feeling insecure or, or you just feel like you don't measure up. Ego problems, you all know from listening to pre previous episodes. Um, but, I'm, but this song is a reminder to keep your heart open and stay connected to the vision of who you want to be and how you want your life to feel. So wake up and live. When you're riding through the ruts, don't complicate your mind. Stay away from the poisons as best you can and stay connected to your vision. Stay connected to that which opens your heart and mind. Bless. Yes. All right. The third one is from my very favorite Bob Marley song of all time, War. It's called War. Until the philosophy which holds one race superior and another inferior is finally and permanently discredited and abandoned, everywhere is war. Um, this is taken from uh, the address of uh, His Imperial Majesty, Emperor Haile Selassie, I, also known as Ja Rastafari. You, if you've listened to reggae music, you've heard this before, um, and, and some of you all probably know more about this than I do. Um, but 
some of you may know less than I do. So let's go together and do a little exploration of like, what does it mean when, when you hear Ja Rastafari or forever loving Ja uh, or give us the teachings of his majesty? We don't want no uh, devil philosophy in the song One Drop by Bob Marley. Um, this song, War, is adapted from the 1963 speech that Emperor Haile Selassie I gave when he addressed the United Nations. Um, and, and Rastafarians, when they shout, Ja Rastafari, it, you're, you're sort of giving uh, honor and praise to Rastafari Makonan, Prince Rastafari Makonan, which is the birth name of Haile Selassie. And you can hear that shouted in the country hills of Jamaica all the way to the busy streets of New York. Uh, you can hear it across the globe in reggae festivals in places like Germany, Thailand, and the forests of Oregon. We, we love going to this reggae festival in Oregon. Um, you know, you, you hear it, Ja, Rastafari. You see the red, golden, green flag with the Lion of Judah. They, they consider, uh, Rastafarians consider... Um, Haile Selassie, to be the Lion of Judah, from the line of King David and King Solomon, which is also the line of Yeshua, or Jesus. And, and the idea in the Rastafarian faith, whether you believe or don't believe or anything like that, isn't the purpose, just to kind of spread it out for you so you can uh, maybe know some of the history of, of what inspired Bob Marley's music, um, is that Rastafarians see uh, Haile Selassie as the second coming of Yeshua, as as some people say that uh, Jesus would come again, and uh, the Rastas say that it's Haile Selassie is the second coming from the line of King David and King Solomon, and uh, he's returned to, to the earthly plane to liberate the people. And the song War is about unity for all people. It's spoken from the word of God, according to the Rastas. And Bob Marley was so inspired by this speech um, that you know, from his primary source of ins inspiration, Emperor Haile Selassie, uh, well, he, well, Bob was alive, and, and we can talk a little bit more about that, um, but he was so inspired by this message from Haile Selassie that he put it to music. And it's powerful, it's powerful. You know, I, I love this song. I always listen to it, uh, especially around Bob Marley's birthday or the time of his passing and just reconnect with this. To me, this is really the the fire of uh, inside of Bob, the political fire, uh, the fire of unity, unification, and the, also his spirituality all wrapped into one song. And, you know, I did hear that later on in life when he had cancer and he finally uh, took the treatment of the cancer and his hair all fell out, I had heard, and if anyone knows about this, please let me know because I, I don't know the Marley family. I've just read as much as I could and try to really understand one of my teachers and heroes um, that to, right before he passed, he did give his life over to uh, Yeshua, to Jesus Christ, and the connection to the Coptic Church, which is an ancient, ancient church that goes all the way back to biblical times um, from Ethiopia. Uh, so I found that fascinating. And when I was sick and I was faced with my mortality recently, I had a similar experience where Yeshua or Jesus came to me, and uh, I feel deeply connected to that. And and I'm grateful for Rastafari, and I'm grateful for, you know, I was thinking on the bus here, how how Haile Selassie, how Bob Marley, how Guru Nanak, how the Buddha, how uh, these great teachers in my life, Ananda Maima, have delivered me home to, to Jesus. And there are some, you know, people within the Christian faith who would think, oh, well, 
now you are a Christian or a, a follower of Jesus, so you need to abandon all of that. And I, and I think that was all God. That was all God. How could the presence that is never in absence not be in these great teachers and teachings who have brought me home to the liberation that I'm experiencing right now? That doesn't make sense. That's like saying that God is in some things and not in others. Does that make sense? I mean, we could get into that on another show, but I just wanted to say, um, you know, I, I know that these things can get confusing for some people. It's like, oh, well, now you're a this and you used to be a that. That hasn't been uh, my experience of the journey. It's all been God guiding me through sound, through devotion, through healing, through yoga, through meditation, through the Bible, through the morning prayer of Guru Nanak, through Rumi, through um, life experiences and sickness and the birth of my daughter. I mean, it's all God. There's just no question about that. So anyhow, that's why I said when he was alive, that was the center of his um faith and then i heard as he was about to pass which is a pivotal moment in our life like one of my tibetan teachers he said nobody knows what will happen uh, on the big day when it's time to pass but one thing is for certain it will be exciting and it sounds like for bob he he connected with yeshua and the ethiopian church when he was facing death and um, that was just another lens for him to experience his divinity uh, in death the same way that he did in life and so i want to thank god for that you know basically the the essence of this message is talking about ego or the devil as you've heard me say in some of the previous uh, videos or podcast episodes is that when we buy into the notion that one group of people is superior and another group of people is inferior or one person is superior and another person is inferior and we play that game there's going to be suffering is essentially the, the teaching or the essence of this song. And the devil or the ego attempts to convince us that we're better or less than others. And that is the root, for me, that is the root of, of war. It's the root of suffering. It's, and when, you, when I learn about all these different spiritual traditions, it seems to be this underlying message that the superiority-inferiority complex that we get into that we get convinced into. Because um, when you watch little kids who are really open, they don't have that so much. I mean, they argue about a toy, but there isn't judgment at uh, the same way, right? It's like, oh, I want the toy, but it's not, I want that toy because I'm from this background and you should, you know, or whatever. It's not about that. There is a natural biological response, but it's not being fueled by programming, if that makes sense, okay? the programming of the ego and the ego loves the ego loves a good program to keep us disconnected from from our true nature or from god or from love um, and this song is a powerful reminder from Ja via bob marley that we need not succumb to the temptations of the ego or the devil that god is with us and if we align ourselves with god who is love god is love as it says in the bible if we align ourselves with that love we level the vibes we find the middle path that the Buddha said, or Kundalini in yoga, the middle path opens. We align the brain, the brain, the heart, and the gut. We align these three brains, the brain of survival, the brain of connection, and the brain of logic or reason. We align those all, and we can see who we are in relationship to the whole. 
in, in other words, cultivating peace on earth or experiencing yoga, experiencing one love. Um, does that make sense? So when I hear that song, I'm just like moved to tears almost every time. Like it's, it, it feels like coming home. It is uh, really potent. Until the philosophy which holds one race superior and another inferior is finally and permanently discredited and abandoned, everywhere is war. That until there are no longer first-class and second-class citizens of any nation, that until the color of a person's skin is of no more significance than the color of their eyes, that until the basic human rights are equally guaranteed to all without regard to race, that until that day, the dream of lasting peace, world citizenship, and the rule of international morality will remain but a fleeting illusion to be pursued but never attained. That's powerful, y'all. That's powerful. That there is no inferior or superior. We need to abandon that or there's going to be war. Second class, first class, first world, second world, third world, all that language, it's got to go. Until a person's skin color is of no more significance than the color of their eyes. You know, there have been people like Hitler, who did the blue eye thing. But generally, you know, when you look in someone's eyes, you see everyone's eyes are unique and beautiful. And then you see everyone's skin is unique and beautiful. How do we work through the stories and, and choose forgiveness and choose compassion and choose mercy rather than the need to get even, to be right, or to play small or whatever it might be? And until we do that, you know, it's... It's just going to be more of the same bullshit. All right. So check it out. The song is War by Bob Marley and the Wailers. Then there, our fourth is from the song Small Axe. Small Axe reminds me of the story of David and Goliath. If you, if you don't know the story of David and Goliath, essentially there's this giant from the Philistines that is causing you know a lot of pain and injury and violence for the, for the Israel or the nation of Israel, the Israelites, and he's saying, if somebody will defeat me in one-on-one -on -one battle, then we'll surrender and we'll stop uh, harassing the Israelites and other nations for that matter. And so, you know, people try, but they can't fight this giant Goliath. And then David comes along, you know, before he's King David in the line of Solomon and Yeshua and Haile Selassie I, um, as I mentioned earlier, and he, with just a couple of stones and a sling, slingshot, he takes down the giant. And so, some of us are living with major giants in our lives, like addiction, depression, lack of self-worth, big, big things. And this song is a reminder that with faith, you know, and a couple of stones of faith, like reminders of who we are, we can take on the giant because we are children of the Most High. And we can face we can face anything. You know, we can just keep those stones of faith and hope and love, and we can take down the giant. We can be the small axe that takes down the big tree. That's what the song is about. Um, and the way to do that is to be humble, not to use our intellect to manipulate ourselves and others for vanity's sake, but instead to lean on God, who is love, and to be an instrument for that love to flourish in the world. Why boast of thyself, the song says, why boast of thyself, O evil men, playing smart and not being clever? 
I said, you're working iniquity to achieve vanity, but the goodness of Jah endures forever, right? So we, we do all of this like scheming and scamming to try and get ahead and to be, you know, to make it all about us and we were we push other people down or whatever we're whatever sort of ego game we're in get involved in where we disconnect from our neighbor and i wrote a piece that's going to come out on sunday where i talk a lot about you know don't ever allow any kind of rules any kind of dogma any kind of customs or tradition keep you from loving your neighbor and, and i think that's key here that's what's what we're talking about is you know, humble yourself rather than scheme and manipulate and, and disconnect from your neighbor, but find ways to connect, ways to love, ways to serve. And for me, a spiritual practice is essential for that. Otherwise, I've become a very selfish uh, person and a difficult person to be around. So thanks for the reminder from Small Acts from Bob Marley and the Whalers. Number five. This is a duppy conqueror, and I don't know if y'all know what a duppy is, but a duppy is like an evil spirit. And, you know, I've struggled a lot with addiction in my life, and, and looking back, I can see it was like there was an evil spirit attached to me. I remember times when I'd be like really high or drunk or something, and I was like causing a lot of pain in my life and the lives of other people sometimes i would look in the mirror and i would like laugh or i would you know do something that was out of character for me even though i knew i was in pain and i look back at that and i think like there was something attached to me and it's not an excuse i was allowing myself to be available for that evil spirit to attach to me um you know, because I wanted to choose love. I honestly wanted to choose love and to go into the directions of my uh, dreams and towards God, but I kept choosing patterns that were causing harm to myself and others. And, and eventually, right, by faith and works, recovery work, spiritual work, reading the scriptures, yoga, meditation, study, cold showers, forgiveness practices, etc., uh, I found redemption by the grace of God and a release from the bondage of addiction, but it really required me to do that work so that I could have the strength to uh, fight off the, the dark forces or the evilness that was attaching itself to me, which is ego, you know, it's this idea that I'm somehow superior or inferior to others. Um, here's the, the lyrics. The bars could not hold me. Force could not control me now. They try to keep me down, but God put I around. So God, I'm here because I'm a child of the Most High. I'm here for a reason to take up space. Uh, yes, I've been accused, wrongly abused now, but through the powers of the Most High, They've got to turn me loose. The evil spirits of duppies have got to turn me loose. Get behind me, Satan, is in the Bible, right? Get behind me, Satan. I know who I am. I know who I was born to be. I have a mission, a vision to fulfill in this life, a purpose. I'm a duppy conqueror. And I, I just think it's such a fun and powerful reminder that evil spirits cannot hold you. They'll try. Ego will try. But you can say, get behind me, duppy. I'm a child of the Most High. <laughs> And if you're struggling with negative thoughts and patterns, remember that you have the capacity within you to face anything you're being called to face. And it might take time, but, you know, train for it. You are a duppy conqueror. 
All right, and let's do the last one, number six, the last one, the stone. Bob said this a lot. You hear this, him, him say this teaching a lot, and it's from the Bible. The stone that the builder refused will always be the head cornerstone from the tune cornerstone and from a multitude of different interviews. You hear Bob talk about this. But the idea is from the Bible, is uh, from the New Testament, the teachings of Jesus. It's from a parable where he describes the one who is left behind may be the one who becomes the master or the genius or the innovator in their field. And I, I feel like Bob was like that too. You know, his father was white, his mother was black. Uh, he was sometimes teased by the black kids because he had a white upbringing. He didn't feel like he was white. He didn't feel like he was black. He didn't, you know, and then he spent some time in America and then back in Jamaica, and he's always felt sort of displaced. His skin wasn't dark enough. His skin wasn't light enough. And all of these experiences, like people kept saying that he wasn't good enough. He wasn't going to make it. He was from too poor of a place. He was white. He was black. You get the idea, right? There's all these stories saying why you won't be successful. And I, I've had experiences like that, not the same, but different you know, and I know y'all probably have too who are listening to this where it's like, you're a bad kid, you're into drugs, you're not, I mean, kids used to call me wigger when I was a kid growing up because I love black music, uh, you know, but everyone's going to find some reason why you're going to fail and hold you back. And this teaching is a reminder from, from Jesus that in your being held back, if you can remember who you are, you are being called into a vision that is greater than any criticism or you know people in pain trying to keep you from fulfilling that vision and yes it's going to require strength and faith and courage and surrender and forgiveness and making mistakes and all of those things that are part of the process but the stone that the builder refused can be the head cornerstone and will be the head cornerstone because you're being called into the mission, your purpose, your reason for being here. So this is a reminder not only for us to look at ourselves as beautiful beings born in original blessing with infinite potential, but also in time with doing, doing this work on ourselves to see that same original blessing and brilliance in other people through the same lens. Because you never know who you're meeting. Uh, and your encouragement, your enthusiasm, your support, your presence, your kindness could be the catalyst for a great transformation on the planet to happen through another person. Okay? So we all have within us the capacity uh, to fulfill what, whatever it is that we're being called to. But it's going to require remembering and a faith and, and listening to songs like this and teachings like this from the Bible, from Jesus, from Bob Marley, from whatever really connects you to your purpose is essential. It's spiritual work. I hope you take the time to listen to the playlist that's on Spotify. Uh, and, and, you know, let me know what your favorite Bob Marley songs and your favorite reggae songs and how music inspires you. If you have ideas for... Uh, episodes that we could do on artists that you know that I love and know about, or just tell me about the ones that you love, I would love to hear from you. Email me at tiagaprem at tiagaprem.com um, or hit me up on Instagram. That's also good. If you want to read the articles, including this one, with in, and have it in text form, and there's some little tidbits in there that maybe you didn't hear in the show, uh, you can go to medium.com and find me on there, tiagaprem, or go to tiagaprem.com and click on the journal, and you can read 
read all of the articles that I've written. If you want to meditate with me, check me out on Insight Timer. Um, check me out on YouTube.com as well. I've got yoga classes on there, meditations on there, plus the video versions of these podcasts, which you can also see the video versions on Spotify and, of course, listen on Apple Music. I think that's it for this week's show. I hope you enjoyed this uh, journey through the music of Bob Marley. And uh, we'll see you on the Sunday episode. On the Sunday episode, we're going to talk all about forgiveness. So thank you, everybody, for participating in this work. Thank you for all of the notes and the messages that you've given me along the way. If you want to go deeper and work together, apply for mentorship at tiagoprem.com. And I'll see you Sunday right here on Revealing the Diamond. Bless you.